Good morning. On this Tuesday morning, we want to welcome you to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday as we have been talking about Laban, uh, as Jesus spoke about it, the Laban of the Pharisees, the Laban of the Sadducees, the Laban of Herod. And uh, all this began because we were talking about the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Uh, That is one of the seven feasts which follows uh, the Passover. So it was actually celebrated for seven days. So we took a little tangent and started talking about and understanding the effects and function of Laban in the life of an individual versus inside flour and bread and uh, when one is baking. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6, Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little laven laveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old laven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unlavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Verse 8, Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old laven, neither with the laven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Now Paul takes a very powerful spiritual truth, which we have mentioned, these feasts, which were the Lord's feast. They represented a natural feast that was actually celebrated. These feasts are also spiritual in nature. They have a spiritual significance. And these feasts are also prophetic. Here Paul does two things that are absolutely amazing. He begins to elaborate on how laven causes bread to rise. Whatever you put it in, it'll rise. Of course, if you put it in in something that uh, an individual is making uh, an alcoholic beer, you mix, mix that with a, a sugar, and of course, that's going to wind up making some type of a liquor. But in this case, laven winds up being a negative thing. <clears throat> Jesus talked about laven only once. In, in a positive way, and that is when uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a woman that put laven, you know, inside some dough, inside some bread, and caused it to rise. And, and that basically speaks of how fast the word of the kingdom was going to spread, especially in the, in, the, in the beginning of the church. Uh, Today, of course, you know, we have television, radio, and all these things that's spreading tremendously. But then he begins to say, hey, you got to purge it out. Purge out. You got to clean it. You got to remove it. You got to get it out of the way. You got to cleanse it thoroughly. Therefore, the old laven, that you may be a new lump, just like we are a new creature in Christ Jesus. As you are unleavened. In other words, our lives are supposed to be unleavened. For even Christ, he makes a comparison, is our Passover and is sacrificed for us. 
Now he comes back full circle, taking the natural feast of uh, Passover and unleavened bread. He says in verse 8, Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice. So now he identifies another point. Jesus identified that leaven as the doctrine of the Pharisees. He identified it. As the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And now it is identified as leaven of malice. It will rise. It will grow. And of wickedness. It will spread. It will multiply. But with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Here he goes on to identify that it should be with clearness. With purity. With sincerity. And of course Jesus is truth. Not only is he true. But he is truth. And he is faithful. So that speaks to every Christian believer. The necessity of removing laven from our lives. Whether it's the laven of malice. Meaning malice can increase. And over inflate itself. And wickedness quickly. So there is an importance of removing it out of our lives. In the book of Psalms, <clears throat> Psalm 16, verse 10, talking about the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, the unleavened bread representing his life as one that was pure, one that was holy, one that was not corrupt or corrupted as ours is. We die, and that corruption dissolves his body, and it goes back to ashes, goes back to dirt, goes back to the ground from which it was made. But the body of Jesus did not see corruption whatsoever. Normally in us, it is the blood that begins to decay and corrupt the body when it is in there. And it is left in there for days and weeks. It begins to dissolve. It begins to corrupt and uh, make the body decay. But Jesus, when he was crucified, basically just about every drop of his blood was drained out of his veins, was drained out of his back, was drained out of his feet, out of his hands, out of his forehead, and out of his heart. So that there wasn't anything left to be corrupted or corrupt the body. So that three days, three days later, when Jesus is being raised from the dead, it's not a corrupted body that is being raised from the dead, but it's his still original body that is intact. So it says in Psalms 16.10, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. Two things he was promised in this prophecy of the Old Testament. One, that he would not stay in hell or in the, the underworld or the deeper parts of the earth, however you want to identify it. Hades or the world of the dead, uh, the subterranean uh, retreat. Whatever you want to call it, the grave, the pit, he was not going to stay there. And his body was not going to see corruption. In Galatians chapter 5, in verse 9, the scripture says, A little laven, laveneth the whole lump. So if you get it in a church, you get it in a family, you get it in a city, you get it in a county, you get it in a nation, that laven, remember, it could be malice, it could be wickedness, it could be anything. 
it will leaven the whole lump unless it is removed. Consider that. Food for thought and for the imagination. Ponder. Let God open up your heart. See beyond just the natural and look at the consequences as a result of what Laban can do. In Matthew 26, 17, Now the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare thee to eat the Passover? So we see that this was celebrated. Here, by the time we get to chapter 20 of the book of Acts, in verse 6, it says, And we had sailed away from Philippi, after the days of unleavened bread, and came unto them that were in Troyes for five days, where we abode seven days. From what we have studied and looked at today, we understand the importance of not only laven being removed, but understanding that laven is not only the doctrine, not only the hypocrisy, but it can be malice, it can be wickedness, anything that can literally multiply and corrupt the whole lump. Join us tomorrow with the Lord's help as we talk about the Laban of Herod and continue our devotional time understanding what God is leading us to understand concerning the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Tabernacles. In all these feasts are hidden God's mysteries for us both naturally and spiritually and prophetically. Till we meet again in Jesus' name, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you, the Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance and may he give you peace. All of this in the powerful, glorious, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.